Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we are starting our top 50 board games of all time. Whoop whoop. With our 50 through 41. And we're also going to talk about a couple games we've been playing lately. So thanks for joining us as we seek to create community through board gaming. This is episode 139. Residents of Meeple Town, if you are here right now, well, wait a minute. You are here right well, now. Yeah, uh, they are. We're videoing this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is so good to be with you. So good to see, well, I guess I would say it's good to see you, but I can't. But you can see us, and so it's good to be seen hmm. by you. And as you can see us, you can probably see the sweat glistening off of our faces and running down into the buckets that are on the floor because both both at least uh, in Nashville and in central Indiana, we are <laughs> we're facing a heat wave right now, brother. It is hot. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It is so stinking hot. I, I just got back from Michigan last week mm. for a wedding. Yeah, beautiful uh, up your up in your country. I actually drove right through your town. Didn't even say hi. Just kept. I riding. know you big <laughs> jerk. <laughs> and eighty degrees as the high every day. Lows in the like high fifties, low sixties. Oh, yeah. I I legitimately every day since I've gotten back have been trying to talk my family into moving up there. <laughs> in 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 not a joking way, I would love yeah. love to move back up there, at least during the summer. But but you went to a you went to a really neat town though you can't just move up anywhere you went yeah, to a really cool true. place where did you go again what was it went called? to Frankenmuth which is the uh, <laughs> this small Bavarian town I grew up about ten minutes from Frankenmuth Michigan and so mm. I as a kid I really I didn't appreciate how great that town is it is fantastic it's just this Bavarian village they have the largest Christmas store in the world uh, wow. Yeah, my parents are actually uh, friends with some of the family, the Bronner family. Hmm. Uh, oh, such a great place. They had a huge festival going on. They had the largest uh, bounce house in the world up there. What? They had a, yeah. uh, we didn't get to go to that because we were doing wedding stuff. The Bavarian Inn got some nice beer, some nice root beer, some, all of it. So good. That, that that sounds so hyperbolic when you say the world's largest Christmas store and the world's largest bounce house. I feel a little Christmas, I'm sorry, a little uh, National Lampoon's vacation vibe here. We, okay, we just happened to, we happened to be there on the same weekend that the largest bounce house in the world was there. It's a traveling wow. bounce house. This thing ah, is okay. gigantic. I mean, huge, 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 just for this festival. But no, 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 it actually uh-huh. is the largest christmas store in the world and i spent a decent amount of time there which i normally do whenever we head up that way hmm bought some uh yep bought some christmas ornaments there said merry christmas to some people it was in august which (laughs) did it feel weird no 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 (laughs) it actually made me want to come home and put my christmas tree up (laughs) which i have not done yet not yet, man. I'm getting ready for fall. We got all kinds of pumpkin stuff floating around our house, and it's just slowly starting to starting to creep in. You know that? Yep. There you go. Pumpkin spice coffee I'm drinking right now. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you got to enjoy some of the cooler weather because the, the, the 80s and the 50s, and that's kind of what what our our August has been thus far up until this week. But it's been blazing hot, which I guess is appropriate because we're going to be talking about some hot games. That is today, true, Dean. That is true. 
as you mentioned, we got our top 50 that we are beginning today, and we've also been playing some hot games here recently. We have, and we've, okay, let me, before I jump into that, two things real okay. fast. One, while I was in Frankenmuth, I went to the, they have this, uh, I forget what it's called, like the River Shops or something like that, this outdoor shopping area where they had this place called the Stadium. And they sold board games. It wasn't just for board games. They sold like mm. Pokemon Magic. I think they had sports cards there too. Uh, great selection of board games. I was really impressed and not, I wasn't expecting this place at all. Just kind of happened upon it and picked up the expansion for Taverns of Tiefenthal, which I've been wanting Ooh. for a long time. So I'm excited to get that to the table at some point, but wanted to give them a shout out for having a friendly staff and and just uh, they, it was, they had it it was a good place i wish we had something like that here for sure and also this is a a side note but i wanted to i want to talk just real briefly before we talk about our games about the state of the podcast um yeah no, i don't know if anybody cares but i really i don't I'm not really given a full-on state of the podcast i probably will do that whenever we get our get to our anniversary in november which is our what fifth year anniversary this year i think fourth fifth something like that and anyway so the podcast is doing great downloads are are fantastic we've been getting more and more listeners every week we've been growing lately which has been fantastic but every single week when we post an episode somebody named chris okay hear me out somebody named chris likes our episode every time he's got nothing in his bio except a picture of Captain America. So I can only assume that Chris (laughs) Evans is now listening to the show. So we would like to welcome Chris Evans and just mention to him that we have a Patreon. And if you are Chris (laughs) Evans, instead of, you know, supporting us on Patreon, you can come on the show and talk to us about board games. And I, I feel pretty confident that it is Captain America. That's great. Cap, we're glad to have you as a resident of Mapletown. On your left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, now we can talk That's about games. Beautiful. I was just okay. really excited that, that to find out he's a listener. That's awesome. That is so good. <laughs> so good. Looking forward to, to your next movie there, Chris. Well, so, so what have you been playing, Dean, speaking of board games? Well, I have been playing uh, a lot of games, actually. I had to choose. We're only choosing one to talk about today, and I was... Uh, I had it narrowed down to several different ones, but I decided to talk about Disney animated because I thought this is probably what Darren would want me to talk about. And you would fact, be right. Before the show, I gave him some <laughs> options, and this is what he chose. <laughs> we're so we're such Disney fanatics. It's just it's almost embarrassing. It is true, but you if know. you're not a Disney fan, hear me out on this one, okay? Don't don't fast forward to the next game yet. Just listen to the description of this game because it could resonate with you all right the next, so di- the yeah. next game is disney too so don't fast forward <laughs> oh that's right we have to, i didn't even think about that double disney games on this episode go ahead all right disney animated just came out this year and this is from prospero hall and published by funko games the box is uh like an an animation reel with mickey on the front of it just a beautiful cover Overall, by the way, this is an amazingly beautiful, beautiful production. Every person that's going to be playing at the table, it's a cooperative game. So what you're trying to do is complete your film. And in front of you, you have your own film. You might have Alice in Wonderland. You might have 101 Dalmatians or uh, 
Snow White, Seven Dwarves, something along those lines, or even up to Aladdin. There's some newer ones. And what you're trying to do is complete the puzzle, which are the different, the background tiles for your film. Once you get the background tiles on there, then you are going to put the animation cells, so the characters on top of that, and then you have to complete the villains. And if you do, if everyone uh, adds the villains to your film, then you will win the game. Now, what's happening at the same time is the villains are trying to destroy the progress, which is a little weird thematically that you are, <laughs> you know, the villains are like fighting back as you're animating this. Um, but the way the game plays is really cool. You have a main board. And like I said, everyone has their own uh, player board that they're they're trying to complete their own film. But the main board has these five tiles on it. You've got the animation, background, magic, sound, and ink and paint tile. Um now, if you've ever played, oh goodness, oh man, what what game uses this style? Where oh, Ark Nova. There we go. If you played mm -hmm. Ark Nova, if you played Civilization, New Dawn, what you're going to do is you're going to choose one of those tiles that's in the one through five slot, and if it's on the five slot, it's going to give you a more powerful action. So if I take the background tile from the five slot, for example, I'll get to put five points worth of tiles onto the background of my film. You're also needing to collect paint and you can collect paint if, you know, the farther along that that tile is on the board, you'll be able to collect more paint or be able to draw cards that give you bonuses. And as you put your characters on your board, they're also going to allow you to, it's going to unlock bonuses for you to be able to do. At the same time, you have these calamities that are happening. And if you don't stop those, they'll just really ramp up the speed of the game and if if by the end of the game not everyone has finished all of their films then you lose and so these calamities basically are moving up this the this your deadline marker up 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 until you eventually lose the game now i played this on the easiest setting and i really really like this game quite a bit it was it mm. was yeah it it exceeded my expectations and would have made my top five Disney games for sure. I don't know exactly where it would have been on there. Probably like two or three. I'm all hyperbolic today, aren't I? The you biggest, are very best, the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best game of 2023. It is not, but it is really cool. If you like these family style Disney games, and this is a cooperative one, like I mentioned. So playing with kids is easy so if you can find somebody that loves Disney films, then I, I think this is a big sell for you and a really cool game. You can get this anywhere too. I've, I've seen it at Target, seen it at Barnes and Noble. Yep. You have not played this one. I have not, but I really want to. I'm glad to hear that you are, that you're pretty hype about it, but not too hype about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fact that, again, I love the fact that you're animating these films. You're not necessarily playing as characters. And so it's a little bit of a different take. And I like the fact that you've got the five like action selection tiles there that you're working together as a group to decide what to do. That sounds fun. Um, I'm curious. I was really leery when I saw that this was a Funko game and a Prospero Hall. Both of those, their last, I guess their most recent games have, have been misses for me. And I feel like there's been a lot of hype about them, but um, didn't quite didn't quite land or, or come to fruition the way that I'd hoped so. But this one sounds exciting. Is this a game that you think you would play not just with your family, but with your 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 buddies, your your group of hobby gamers down where you are? Mm, 
It depends on the group. So okay. I, I have friends that would play this one with me and enjoy it. And and there are also friends that play uh, like Pandemic Legacy, the group that we played Pandemic Legacy with. I think they would play this one and really gotcha. enjoy it. Now, am I going to take this to Mancation in a couple weeks? Would I take this on the game night at Jonathan's house, which I haven't been to in a long time? Slacker. You know, probably not. I, I, I don't think I would do that, but it does have a place for my family and friends mm. that enjoy these type of games, which is exactly what I'm looking for. I guess I'm not really, when I get a Disney game, I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, a what grand Austria hotel, the Disney game. <laughs> Although right, right. that would be awesome. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. Taking care of your guest. Actually, thematically that works perfectly. So anyway, yeah. Designers of who are the designers of that one again? Uh, Prospero Hall. No, no, no. Oh, uh, Grand Austria Hotel. Austria. Sorry, I've that's already a, moved on. To my big that's plans. like what uh, Simone Luciani. That's and, right. Uh, I think that's right. Um, Gigli, Gigli, nailed it. I'm not looking at it. You know those Italian designers that are amazing. Yes. So <laughs> the publisher of that game could make a Disney version of that, and I would love it. They and should. I would play it with heavy gamers. This one probably not, but it's a fantastic game. They could theme it around Beauty and the Beast and just call like "Be Our Guest." Oh, you know, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. If uh, any publishers are listening and want great <laughs> ideas, just reach out to us at MapletownMail at gmail That is Disney animated <laughs> um, by again Prospero Hall Funko Games. Now, Darren, you're going to be talking about a Disney game. Is that correct? I sure will. This is again one of the hottest games. Speaking of hot weather, one of the hot, hot, hottest games out there right now. I was fortunate enough to, on August 18th, to go buy my friendly local game store, Tier 1 Games here in Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, pick up a couple of starter decks and a trove full of booster packs for the new Disney Lorcana collectible card game. This was pretty exciting. Uh, Again, these are not games that I typically kind of play. I don't do much of the collectible trading card kind of thing, but um, I couldn't help myself, Dean. I couldn't, with all the hype there around Gen Con, seeing the madness, I had to see what it was all about. So I went down to the store. They had a learn to play event. And um, and apparently if you are an official um, play site, league site, tournament site or whatever for the game, they, they couldn't just sell it over the counter. They could only sell them uh, in advance for their learn to play events that you pay some money for. You come in, you get a starter deck, an extra bonus pack and a promo card. And then you have the option then to buy like one of all the other products that they have, which they didn't have everything. Apparently like a whole nother wave of more products is coming in early September. I'm assuming either right before or right about the time that the game hits all the big box stores, Target and Walmart and all that jazz. But, um, but sat down, my wife and I went and um, bought some starter decks and sat down and the guy taught us how to play. Thanks, Nate and um, Spencer and Chris and those guys down at tier one. They were awesome. And as we sit down and taught us how to play, apparently this is a very simple, this is a simple game as far as collectible card games go. Uh, but you've got your, your hand of, of Disney characters and actions and, and various things. And um, some of your cards you can, at the beginning of your turn, use as ink. You put them in your ink well, uh, which is basically like a row of resources uh, that you'll eventually use to, you'll spin those or exhaust those in order to play other cards down into your into your area, into your tableau. 
And those cards will then, you can, you can activate those cards for their special abilities. You can use them to challenge other cards, which is basically the, the Disney nice way of saying attack, you know, but you can challenge <laughs> them. Um, you can use these cards to go on quest. If it's a character, you can turn it sideways. You can exhaust it, exert it, whatever the, the, the lingo is there to go on quest. And when you go questing, you get lore and gaining 20 lore is how you win the game. And so it's just this back and forth, you know, readying your cards, uh, looking for your, you know, any kind of conditions, playing your cards, exhausting resources to play them, um, and just back and forth, back and forth. It can play really quick, and you can drag this out if you want. And our first time playing took a long time, a longer time than it should have. But, um, but man, we played, and I was, uh, I, think I, I think I caught the bug, you know? Oh, yeah. I think I maybe. Just, just looking at the cards, the art is gorgeous, and some of the abilities on there is pretty thematic. Like there's a dragon fire card, was like Maleficent as the dragon, and just like banishes, like all cards in your road, they're just gone, uh, or all characters or whatever. And there's some frozen cards that, that are a freeze, where it like exerts somebody else's card, and which is important because if a card is exerted, now it can be challenged. If a card's not exerted, it can't be challenged. So you can freeze a card to exert it, and then now you can challenge that card. Yeah. Um, Rapunzel's cards, a card about Rapunzel's hair that can heal damage from uh, a card that is there. So just those little cute thematic touches that, that goes into a game like this, I thought was great. Um, however, the cardboard damage tokens that come <laughs> in the starter decks and the, the, the little paper lore tracker that you have are garbage. It's just absolute the cheapest stuff you can yeah. imagine. But but I guess I can appreciate that if it helps keep the, the cost of the packs down. But, but but there is an app. There's a companion app. I don't know if you knew this or not. There's a companion app you can download that you can log and catalog all your cards. And it also can keep score for you. You put it middle of the table and that can be your lore tracker. And uh, we had fun playing it. This is not Cindy's kind of bag going to the game store and playing in a league. And the room was full of people playing Lorcana. It was exciting. She was nervous, not her thing. But even she had a good time doing this. I am looking forward to maybe picking up the other starter deck. Uh, we have two of them. And uh, maybe some sleeves and maybe even some better token options and those kind of things come along because I'm sure they will. But, oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, <laughs> even, even on, I've, I've seen some people post some th things on Facebook, which, by the way, if I, I'm on Facebook and everything is Lorcana. I mean, every mm. post, it seems like, is, is about Lorcana. But I've seen people post some trackers, uh, some lore trackers and... um. Yeah, so the, I know, I'm sure if you look on Etsy for Lorcana, I have not, but I'm sure there's all kinds of good stuff on there. Gotcha, yeah. We'll have to do it, because at first I was going to give this just a play, but the more I think about it, it's, the, the barrier to entry is so low now. Uh, just don't go out there and pay those stupid scalping prices. I mean, the game is coming. It'll be everywhere shortly. But it, it's it's such a low barrier of entry. If any kind of like back-and-forth card game interests you, or like you said with with animated, if Disney interests you, it's worth picking up a pack or two and just playing. You don't have to go whole hog, but yeah. yeah, it's there. It's good. I'm a fan. It is a little bit of a challenge if if you don't have a starter set or two, and and both players would need to have that, which is only uh, seventeen dollars, I think, is MSRP on that. Yeah, per pack. Uh, again, yeah. don't buy it right now. Um, wait <laughs> till the first, and and then you know see what's available, which those will be available. Yeah. But if you're just going to buy blind packs, it's going to be difficult to form a deck because you can only use one or two of those different colors. 
And you're looking at 30 cards of each of those and the max of four cards of each color. And so, I'm sorry, max of four cards of each type. And so if I, you know, right. I can only have four of one, one specific card in there. Um, yeah. You can't have like 20 dragon fires in your deck. You know, it's yeah. just not, not possible. Yeah. Now I've not played this in person yet, but there is um, a, a place, an app that you can download called Pixelborn. Mm. And this is somebody that's created this. You can play people online. You can also um, kind of test some things out on there. Uh, and I have, I have enjoyed playing on there. I've gotten spanked, but you, but you can't like, I, I wish you could just go on there and start playing, but it, it's a, it's really fiddly the way you have to get it set up. And then you have to actually put together a deck to be able to play. And um, right. that's a little bit of a hassle, but if you're willing to wade through there just to see if you like the game, I recommend it because it's really well done. I am super excited. I've got the rest of the starter packs coming in today. Very um, nice. Which I'm very excited about because I've not played in person. I think I can get my wife and or son or sons to play this one. I've actually heard multiplayer is good, which is I've, really interesting because a people. what I'm reading is people are saying that they could see this being like a, a team-based thing too, mm -hmm. um, even in tournament style, which that would be yeah. really cool. Yep. Some of the wording on the card is actually a little bit of confusing if you're if you're not expecting that because it's vague enough to to allow for those types of, of things. And so if you're not really paying attention, you can get <laughs> confused just by some of the the vague language of uh, of player or other player, you know, all those types of things. You really gotta pay attention. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be I, fun. You will hear more about this from us in the future. Just real fast, though, Darren, you pulled out, did you pull legendaries? Did you pull any enchanteds out? or No enchanteds, unfortunately, but I did hear some joker pulled out like out of the same kind of packs that I had, like eight packs out of a trove. Somebody pulled out, what, four or five different enchanted cards? Yeah, it was, um, I sent that to you. I, yeah, I yeah. I hate remember exactly what it was, but it was something. He pulled out, how many enchanteds are there? Do you know? I want to say 12, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was that many. So yeah, this guy pulls out four, one from uh, the box, one from uh, something he got pre, two from pre-con, and then one from the trove. Yeah. Um, I've seen people that have pulled them out of the starter because each of the starter packs comes with one booster pack. Starter decks comes with one mm -hmm. booster pack. And I've heard of people pulling enchanteds out of those. Yeah. And if you don't know, the enchanted is like the the highest form of rarity in the in the Rakana deal and legendary is right under that and i did pull i think four or five different legendary cards Oof. out of my stuff so that was cool yeah i have no um, i have no legendaries but i've only I've, I've pulled five packs i think right yeah so you'll get there <laughs> <laughs> i just want to play i don't i don't care yeah. in, you know collecting collecting them all but i just want to yeah. get it to the table which hopefully i can do that this week and have something to talk about this show will actually just be Disney Lorcana all the time the until that's right. It, and then Jonathan is going to stop listening to the show <laughs> because he doesn't care anything about it, but he has talked about wanting to get into star Wars, which gets me real excited. So when star Wars unlimited comes out and we start collecting that, we'll have Jonathan to play that with. So yeah, it'll just be a Lorcana and unlimited show. That's yes. But until the then <laughs> we'll talk board games every once in a while, like today where we get, to start our top 50 board games of all time. Giddy up. Meeple Town, we are back, and some of you are seeing us for the first time. If you are on YouTube, 
because we are recording the podcast and video at the same time. <sighs> so if I'm, I'm aghast, listen to the podcast. You've already heard us talk about these games, but you might want to see our faces here. I don't know why you would, but you know, you do you. Some people do. But we are <laughs> talking about our top 50 board games of all time, specifically 50 through 41 on this episode. First, we're going to talk about how we came up with our list, and then we'll jump right into it. I want to hear you. Com- oh, you want to hear my thought first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I actually did mine a little bit different this year. I usually start off with Pub Meeple. So pubmeeple.com is a place where you can plug in all of your games. You don't actually have to plug them in. They can pull them from your Board Game Geek account. And you can sort it by, you know, games you've played, games you've ranked, games you own, however you want to do that. I did games that I played, and then I went through and knocked out some games that I knew would not make my top 50, and then just kind of went from there. But I still had to go through hundreds of games. Took me hours and hours and hours. Now, normally, I use that as a basis. and I. I mostly did that, I kind of did that this time too, but I mostly stuck with what they outputted for me on mm. this one, which is a little bit new. I feel like I didn't move around, I think I moved around maybe three or four games, which okay. means some games could have been on my list, but I felt like maybe I haven't played them enough or haven't played them in a while. And then some games that that, yeah, it's, it's weird. I'll talk about one in a little bit that I just, this game was on my list pretty high for a while and has dropped and it's only because I haven't played it recently. And so this is almost a, what game it is, what games do I want to play the most at mm. this very moment in my life? That's kind of where, gotcha. where, the, what this is. It's a snapshot of that. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I did something very similar. Use the, the whole pub meeple site to, to rank the games, games that I own, games that I've played. And just when you, know, when you download the list, you got to go through. And I took out some like, I know that's not going to make it. I know that. I try to take out as many of those as I could to try to condense the list. I don't have as many games as 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 you did, where it took you like days and weeks to get yours done. I think I did mine in one night. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Several nice. hours, but but just going through one night, kind of like right there as I was um, in the middle of Gen Con, really. It was, uh, I got home one night and ranked some out real quick and then finished it off as I was driving. I mean, when I got to Gen Con... I finished it, not while I was driving and um, and made some oh, changes boy. there. And I moved a few games around. I even moved some around last night <laughs> before we recorded this. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this is my first time making a list like this. And so I, it took me when I was like trying to think through some of the games and how to talk about them. That's the part that took me forever. Cause I mean, I've only been in the hobby for about four years, you know, and so some of you know, I know you and many of our listeners have have a lot more years on me when it comes to gaming experience. So, I mean, I started like right there before the pandemic hit. So there's a lot of games that that I, that will be on my list that are going to be a little newer. They'll skew a little newer, and um, but that's just because that's my that's my experience, you know. Because all which we I, know, which is I all think we is know. good. I think yeah. sometimes we think. I have to have been in this hobby for 20 years to be able to do a top 50. <laughs> Here's what I say. If you've played 50 games, you can do your top 50 list. Absolutely. Even if they've all are, are 2023 20, releases, you can hundred percent do that. Yep, yep. So, so do it, do your own list and don't complain about ours. That's what I'm getting That's at. That's right. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> um, there's so, a lot of games that we just haven't played. And like, like you said, you're always going to go with the ones that you uh, kind of want to play now. 
And so um, I'm kind of thinking, you know, there's, I'm always going to go for what feels more fun right now than, than maybe what feels thinky. And so it's yeah. kind of, I think our personalities may show a little bit in this list too. I'm kind of excited to see, see where this goes. I think so. I, I would love to, maybe I need to do a separate thing video or something like that where I show the rest of my top 100 mm. or even 200, something like that, because there's a lot of games that I had to leave out that I just did not want to. And that's this 41 through 50 tends to be the hardest for me because mm. I'm having to leave games off the list. Right. One of those games that I had to leave off the list, I'm only going to say this because this actually was on, it was my number 50. And then I bumped it because, it, you know, when I did the Pub Meeple, I bumped it only mm-hmm. because I've only played it once. That's Modern Art. You've heard me play that or talk mm. about playing that recently. I only got to play this one time and it was like three weeks ago, but I really, really want to play it again. But I bumped it. I just bumped it from the list How to replace you. it with my number 50, which is, drum roll, please. <laughs> oh, that is an just, inside joke to Christmas yeah. vacation. We were talking about that earlier. It's not oh, really my drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> so my number 50 is a game that has been on my list before. Ooh, I forgot to pull up my list. I'll do that when you're talking. Slacker. Quacks of Quedlinburg is my number 50. This came out in 2018. This is a game where you are, uh, it's a bag building game where you're drawing out tokens out of a bag, putting them into your uh, potion to your cauld- cauldron and trying to get as far up on that cauldron as you can because you're going to use the numbers on that for your buy power to buy new tokens and you're also going to use it to get points for the round there's a good ca- catch-up mechanism in this game where if you get too far behind the rats help you catch up and this is just really really good fun i think when i first played it i liked it but did not love it but the more i played it with my family I've really, really enjoyed this game. And I, it's one I won't turn down a play of. It's ranked number 59 overall on Board Game Geek with a 7.8 rating. And that is a Wolfgang Warsh design. Again, Quacks of Quedlinburg. Darren, have you played that one? I love Quacks. Quacks yeah. is great. My family likes Quacks. It's one of the games that it, it's hard to get my children to play games with me sometimes. But Quacks is one I can generally get them to to play my, my oldest, especially because she cheats, she cheats like crazy and uh, is really good at like looking in the bag without you seeing her looking in the bag. Um, oh, but yeah. Okay. So, you know, she's one of those, but it's one fun. I love, <laughs> I love the push your luck in this bag. I know we mentioned this before, uh, but man, you throw those geek up bits in there and it makes it a whole lot easier to get to the table. Cause yeah. those little cardboard chits can hide down there, but you throw some geek up bits. Quacks is it, great. It is the only way to play. <laughs> honestly, unless it's you do not like the, the only way. It's fine. The with coin the holders or whatever; those are fine too. But yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend for any of these bag builders to get those yeah. geek up yep, bits. Yep. That's my number fifty. It was my number forty-nine last year. Quacks of Quedlinburg. Hmm. Interesting. Well, very good. My number fifty is one. It was really one of the one of the early games I played in the hobby. It may have even been the first worker placement game I ever played. Um, it is a Stonemeyer game designed by Jamie Stegmeyer and Alan Stone. Mm-hmm. Any idea what this might be? Viticulture? This is Viticulture, the essential oh, yeah. edition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. It's a great worker placement game. It's beautiful. The art's by Jackie Davis and David Montgomery and Beth Sobel. Um, this was... 
again, like I said, one of our first hobby games. I remember, you know, experiencing placing a worker down and taking an action really for the first time. And and some of the parts that really stood out to me were the uh, the wake up chart where you're kind of like sort of bidding for turn order where you put your worker down. You can either go first and get no benefits or you can go a little bit further down the turn order to get uh, greater benefits and bonuses. Um, I can remember loving that that tension of trying to get your workers out first and the power of of the grande worker, which can can go into any spot, regardless of how many workers may already be there. Mm. Because this is one of those worker placement games that can, it can typically be restrictive. You put a worker there, oh, you can't go there now. There's no more spots. But the grande worker, your big wooden people, can go can go wherever. Just the components are great. The art is great. Um, the the idea of of, harv- of of harvesting your fields and then trying to age your grapes and then selling off your wine, the the thought process of going through that. And I remember the first time we played this, these are the kind of games that, that Cindy, my wife, loves. And she just destroyed me, I think, in the first game of this that we played. But <laughs> but I just really loved, um, loved that experience. It has a lot of sentimental uh, value for me. And I, I have the Tuscany expansion, the essential edition of the Tuscany expansion. I haven't played with that yet, but I'm looking forward to, to getting that in. Um, so yeah, Viticulture, you're a fan of this one, right? That is interesting that you... So you've only played the base game and not with the Tuscany expansion. Well, I played the essential edition, which have some, it has some Mamas aspects. and papas and the... Right, right. It yeah. has some some parts of the Tuscany expansion, but I've not played with the essential Tuscany expansion, which is a separate deal altogether. Yep. So, yeah. So, a little insight. Yep. Viticulture was on my list last year. Yeah, it was. And it, <laughs> Mild it spoilers. Was, it's not now. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, it's not. Um, not because I don't love it. It's, it's, still, it's still a really, really good game. It was on my list for a long time, came off, Went back on with Viticulture World and only came off because mm. I haven't played it lately. Gotcha. But Viticulture World really, really sold this game for me, which it, it really does turn it on its head because it's a cooperative game at that point. Right. But the experience is really cool in how you manipulate the spaces. And it's cool. It's it's a cool experience. But even without all that, this is a game I've had for years and years and years. I can't imagine it leaving my collection. I've got the first edition with the cool box and everything. Okay. So I don't even have the Essentials edition. Gotcha. Um, but I've got the the one that has the cheese. I don't think you make cheese in the new one, or do you? Uh, not in the Essential Edition. That still may be in the Tuscany bit, but yeah. There's one piece that John said that's not in the Tuscany Essentials that was in the original. It's Yeah, that one I don't know. Yeah, and maybe it's that's not cheese. Look. I don't remember. But yeah. anyway, I... Yep. Great game. That's Great cool. pick. Yeah, Your that is 2015. 50. Yep, 2015 game, Viticulture, Essential Edition, my number 50. All right, my number 49 is a game that has been on my list for a long time, and in fact, it's been really high on my list before. This is another 2018 release, Rising Sun, from my favorite designer, Eric Lang, and uh, by Come On Games. Now, in this game... Come on! (laughs) You are... You are choosing actions um, to put your dudes out on a map and destroy each other and get points that way. The interesting part about this one is you have this phase at the beginning of each round where you're choosing who's going to be part of your team. And so when you take your action, they're also going to get a benefit similar to like Puerto Rico, except only you who are a part of my team will get that extra 
little bonus. Uh, I love Dudes on a Map game. This is my f- second favorite of that series. And honestly, if I were to play this right now, I feel very confident this would be a top 20 game. But it's just been a while since I've played this game. And it's a bummer because I love, love Rising Sun and all of these games. Ankh is another one. Ankh, spoiler, will not make my top 50, but it's just outside the top 50. Um, but only again, because I'm, I'm not playing these games right now. I just don't have the group to play these type of games with, which is sad because I really love them. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never, I've never played this one. Never played Rising Sun. I've played the others. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about the negotiation aspect of this one. Um, isn't that right? Isn't that part of yep. the mm-hmm. part of the game? Uh, how does that work out for you? Is that part of the reason why you love it? How do you feel about the negotiation in this one? Well, it's good, but again, you got to play with the right group to be able to do that because you can that's true. Um, you can negotiate to pair up with other people, um, or you can negotiate mm. to you know tell them to take this. The combat's really interesting, and it also kind of it slows the game down a little bit, but it you put coins behind your screen and whoever puts the most points is going to get the uh to be able to do that thing um and so you can you can negotiate and and say hey i'll give you some money if you don't do this or whatever and so i i like that aspect of it but again if you don't play with the right group it's just not going to work out very well the tea ceremony where you're teaming up with other people some people really don't like that hmm. i want to play with people who do because i enjoy it <laughs> So, oh, yeah. so it is, it, I'm, I'm almost sad that I'm saying that same thing about Ankh, which I love again, it's just not getting played. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason, but I love rising sun, love Ankh and love the other one. Blood rage. <laughs> that's I'm sure it'll be <laughs> later on, uh, much further, much higher, much higher up on your list. It may have dropped from my list. Who knows yeah, the way yeah, I just whatever. dropped Ankh and whatever and rising sun. I know it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> probably right probably right so that's rising sun my number 49 what you got fantastic my number 49 we're going back to the world of bag building um another another older game uh i forgot to write down the year of of this one the publisher is capstone the art is just classic classic euro art clemens franz designer reiner stockhausen just looks like a euro but a bag building euro this is Early on, early on, where you are recruiting various followers to your area, to your city, and all the the followers, these workers, their chips. Um, again, cardboard chips. Highly recommend the Geek Up bits <laughs> for for this game as well. Oh yeah, because re- you're recruiting these farmers, uh, you know, followers like farmers and knights and and monks, and you're putting them in your bag, and eventually you're going to pull them out and put them down into this row on your board that you can now allocate them to various actions on your player board. And you have to have the right workers uh, to take the appropriate action. And, you know, as you're taking some of these actions, you're moving up tracks and ultimately, you know, you're just trying to build the best and most successful community through board gaming. I mean, I mean, through, through bag building. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but it, I don't know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Again, it feels very Euro-y, but there's something, there's something different about pulling those, pulling those followers out and then trying to decide where to place them. It's almost, it's a different kind of approach to sort of a worker placement type system. And just knowing when to, to stop pulling workers out or stop placing them and knowing when to, when to save them for later, uh, trying to know which tracks you really want to race up to, to take advantage of the most points or be able to take the better actions. And 
It may be, and this may or may not be a mild spoiler, it may be my favorite bag building game. Uh, mm. There's something about something about the the, the Eurofill combined with um, with these chips that you're pulling out. Um, it's just it's good stuff. Orleone is a, is a great one, and there's even some news coming out with Orleone. Did you did you hear this? Mm, Orleone is getting I've, a new expansion. It's already got several expansions. Yeah, no, there's I a, have not heard this. So, so there, there's some already expansions that that can make this a cooperative game. There's some expansions that add other players and change up some of the boards and and, and some of the rules. This is called Orleone: The Plague, and this is an expansion that will introduce rat cards, and obviously spreading the plague which then mm. produces corpse tokens that you end up having to put in your bag. And when you pull out these corpse tokens, they go down into your worker row and take up spots from there, keeping you from being able to rem- to put more workers out. So it's going to make it a whole lot harder. And then you have to collect indulgences and some other things in order to get rid of the corpses. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. But it sounds interesting, if nothing that, else. <laughs> that's an interesting move, honestly. I feel like there's yeah. a lot of people who really hate that mechanism. Right, right. And then you're offering it as the expansion. That's mm. that's bold, honestly. I, I'm, I'm, hmm. I can see it in the cooperative version. To make the co- mm-hmm. and I really like the cooperative version of of uh, this game. I, I like the base game. I all all Orleans. I think is a fantastic game. I could see the corpses being introduced to the cooperative, but the regular game. That could be a really frustrating experience. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. I'll try it, yeah. I'm sure. But Well, and, and even if you don't, there's another game coming out, a freestanding game. It's 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 in the, the world, the universe of Orleans. This is the Cathedral of Orleans. It is Ooh. a new it's a new cooperative family weight game. They're calling it a cooperative family game where you're trying to build a cathedral together. But now you're using two separate bags and you're putting chips in two different bags. So it has a little bit of a, of a memory element to it to know which bag has what. Um, both oh. of these things are coming out in late 2023. I know you're a big family game guy. How do you feel about the cathedral? Just well, listening to that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was excited until you said memory <laughs> element. Memory elements are the great equalizer in playing with mm. kids. So I get that. I do right. think that, you know, the chicken cha 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 games of the world, which are the memory games, make it so that my kids can play with me. But if we're playing cooperative, I don't need the memory element. I'm intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued right. by yeah. that. Yeah. And if it if it helps, uh, both of them will have both the original designer and artist on those. So that may be a selling point for some. But yeah, either it is. way, that does help yes. actually. Yeah. But that's the news. But this is about my number forty nine, which is early on. Great, great little bag builder. All right, my oh my goodness, I deleted <laughs> my number forty-seven off of here. Hold on one second, Meeple Town. Uh oh, uh oh. How did you delete your forty-seven? Like off your list? No, I have it on here, but I have the tab pulled up, oh, and somehow okay. the tab just disappeared. I didn't. Let's do go it. back here. Maybe my list is wrong. My number. Oh, the whole thing is now null and void. We <laughs> got to start over. No, this is right. Somehow I must have X'd out of my tab, so I couldn't see it on here. I like to have the tab pulled up so I can read some of the stats on here. Okay, 48. Go. My number 48 is Rococo Deluxe Edition, I believe. That is correct. Yes, 48 <laughs> is Rococo Deluxe Edition. 
This is uh, this edition came out in 2020. The original edition came out back in 2013, so 10 years ago. This is a game where you are making dresses and you are showcasing them. You're either selling them or you're renting them out for the ball. And so you're going to be getting money or getting victory points. You've got some area control in here because as you are getting your dresses made and you're in they're ending up in different locations of the castle uh, or the estate, whatever your whatever the ball is, uh, wherever your dresses are showing up, you're going to get more points in those different locations. Really cool game. Um, I like this one quite a bit. It's it's really just set collection, set collecting of the different pieces to make your um, uh, to make your dresses. But the way it plays out, it's, it's deck building also. Um, so you are building up this deck and taking one action with the with the cards that you play for that round, and you get to pick which cards that you pick, that you want to use that round. But if you use all your cards at the very beginning then later rounds are really going to be terrible because you have to mm. use all the cards before you get to, you know, shuffle them up and get new ones. And you're adding new cards to your deck and just a really cool experience all around. Everything, there's lots of different mechanisms in this one, but they come together in a really smooth, elegant game of, again, dressmaking. So that is <laughs> Rococo. Have you played this one? I have not. I've not. I really don't. I really don't have a desire to. It's one of those where like the theme, I just can't, I can't bring myself to sit down and do it, but I hear um, like what you're saying when others have said about the elegance of the game. If it's a fashion game, it better be elegant, but, but just like the, you know, that, that tension of knowing when to play your cards. I mean, it sounds fun, um, but no, it's not one that I've, that I've played. This is a portal game, right? And this is an, an Ignacy. No, that yeah. is, I, I know what you're thinking of. Um, what is that? Oh goodness. It's a game that we reviewed last year. Oh goodness. What is it? My internet's yeah, not it'll, it'll come right to me. now, so you have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, it'll come to me. I can see the box okay. of it. I just can't see the name. Um, okay. I have it in my collection. I know exactly where it's sitting on the shelf. Anyway, that'll Rococo. that'll come to me in just a second, and I'll say okay. somebody's screaming at their radio right now. But <laughs> no, Rococo is is a past, like from I don't know when this is. Maybe like the when was when was Louis the Fifteenth around <laughs> during the Ro- the Rococo the era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the time frame of this. I'm butchering this whole review okay. of this. We'll just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's actually an Eagle Griffin Games, the new version of it. Gotcha. It's one of those like super deluxe, okay. cool versions with okay. the Eno Tool art, uh, Matthias Kramer. Okay, um, all of that. So I, that's yeah. a selling point. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, love this game. And while you're talking, I'm going to starts with a uh, Predaporte. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I always get those two confused. Which is also, no. if you don't like that one, I think they've done a um, eleven is kind of at least loosely based off of okay that that same game system. Oh, I okay. guess. Gotcha. But Predaporte did cool. not make my list. Rococo did. Sorry, Ignasi. My number forty-eight. Kramer. It's probably a top one hundred though. I really like that one. I have cool. to go back and look. Excellent. Well, my number 48 has nothing to do with, with dresses or fashion. And many would say it's not elegant in any shape, form, or fashion. 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 My number 48 <laughs> is Terraforming Mars, designed by good old Jacob Frixilius and published by Frix Games and Stronghold Games. Um, again, this is just what it sounds like. You are competing corporations trying to terraform Mars, trying to make it habitable. 
uh, while building the most profitable corporate empire that you can. You know, it, this game is funny. It's set in like the 2400s, but I feel like it's more real than that. You know, if like some of the stuff you're doing in this game, we probably ought to be doing at the moment because we're <laughs> we're just destroying the planet that we're on. Um, oh, this is a uh, this is a very sad review of this game. <laughs> well, it's a great game. But yes, I think this is one of those games that can really spark some interesting conversations and not just about the game and the art and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it can really bring up some world building. Like, what are we doing to our world? Uh, what does the future hold? Those kind of things. I, I love those types of conversations that can come out from games. And I think this is this is one of them. But in this particular one, you know, you, you've got your hand management. You're, you've got a ton of cards in your hand. You're trying to collect certain sets. You're, you're placing tiles um, on the board trying to to create trees and water and, and raise the temperature and trying to do what you can. That sounds like it's, it's at least moderately scientifically based to, to make Mars a more habitable place. And whoever does that the best is going to be going to be the winner. It kind of reminds me when I think about this game and its theme, it reminds me of total recall, the OG total recall, like back <laughs> in the late eighties, early nineties with, uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Maybe the Martian with Matt Damon, you know, this whole idea of, of being on Mars. And I love the science behind it. I love the, I love the theme. Uh, I know a lot of people get hung up on the card art being inconsistent in, in this one. Who cares? Get over it. Um, it's, it's a great game, the way it works. Especially, again, I'm going to keep talking about this. There are some, some geek up bits that you can, you can get for this. To Like some of the metal resource cubes are great because the ones that come in the box will chip and look a little, little nasty after a while. There are some double layered boards you can get that make the game a whole lot easier to play because as you put cubes on your little paper board that comes in the game, the slightest bump and they're sliding everywhere and you don't remember where things were. Mm. Um, I do recommend the double layered boards. And and yeah, it's possible to get a little annoyed with all the cards everywhere and in your hand and in your tableau and I'm trying to remember what tag does what. But I always, I'm always going to forget some kind of cards action. But, but love that tension of even though you're competing, everything that you're doing on the planet is helping everyone else out. And so you're trying to time it out. You want to be the one to capitalize on when the temperature gets to a certain spot or, or when you place this tree or, or that forest or um, trying to surround the cities that you uh, that you earn with with oceans or, or trees that, 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 that you have influence on. It's looking for that. Uh, it's a really fun, really fun Euro game in that way. And if you don't think about it too much, you don't feel greasy or slimy and trying to corporately manipulate, <laughs> you know, the, the planet and its resources, but, but, but it's a lot of fun. You're, how do you feel about terraforming Mars? I'm not sure I've ever heard you really talk about this one. Yeah, it's a good game. I really like terraforming Mars. Okay. Historically, it's been in my top 50. Historically. Okay. Historically means not this year. Terraforming <laughs> Mars, Ares Expedition has been one that I've wanted to play mm. more than gotcha. the regular OG version. I'm also, I've cooled off a little bit. Ark Nova has really made me think about some of these games. Mm -hmm. Even though I still really, really like them a lot, they can, you can have some frustrating experiences if you're not getting the right cards. Um, and, and sometimes things just really click, and sometimes they don't. And there's, it's hard to overcome some of that, even though right. I don't, it's not that I care that much, but I also, I want to, some games I'm just not even in the same, not even in the same realm as the other people, <laughs> it seems like. I'm experiencing that more with Ark Nova lately, though. 
Yeah. Well, you just don't play with people that know what they're doing. I mean, as long as you're the <laughs> the the most familiar with the game in the room, then it's okay. That's true. That's you true. Know. I can be the one dominating people and giving them <laughs> a poor experience. No, I really, I really like Terraforming Mars um, and Ark Nova for that matter. I've never heard of Ark Nova. I don't, I don't know what this game is. We'll see if that comes up later. <laughs> but right, that is number... my number forty-eight. Yeah, Terraforming Mars. Okay, my number forty-seven is. Oh, we gotta, we gotta speed this up a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. So we can uh, get through this quicker, but also speed up from a racing game. Heat. That's so terrible. Heat. <laughs> Heat is my 47. This is a new game. The new is in 2022 release from Days of Wonder, designer uh, Asger Harding uh, Grandrud, and Daniel Gold Peterson. And this is a racing game, another deck building game, um, or ish. No, I don't know. I can't really call this a full-on deck builder, I guess. It is kind of, but it's not it's not normal. Maybe a deck manager. Deck manager. You're shuffling your cards and you're playing your cards. Hand management, maybe. Um, and racing around a track. And you get to these curves and you have to kind of manipulate the cards that you're playing. You don't want to go too fast around those curves. You'll spin out and a lot of times you'll lose the game because you'll never be able to catch up after that. Although, it's possible. It's just makes it a lot more difficult. So you're trying to manage your speed, but also there is some some elements of risk and pushing your luck to to try to go as fast as you can without going too fast. Really cool game. Lots of different tracks, even in the four tracks in the base box. Is that right? And then a bunch, a bunch of cards uh, to choose from as the game goes on. You can do campaign style. You can even solo this. Soloing it is fantastic too. Uh, and, and pretty easy upkeep. Really love this game. You and I played this together for the first time at, at Tennessee Game Days, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a year ago. Not a year ago. I don't remember. Well, yeah, it was it was right about the time that it came out, but it wasn't at Game Days. It was at Game Point. Sorry, that's what I meant, at yep, Game yep. Point Cafe. Yep. So yeah, it, was, it probably was about a year ago then. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really enjoy this one. It's rocketed up. It's sped up to my top 50. <laughs> One of the neat things about this one is the um, the 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 Atama system that it has, where yeah, you can use the extra cards. Where you have a deck of cards that will control the other cards in the game, so you can play it solo or just throw them in. If you're playing two, three, or four player, you can just load up and get all the cards in there, which really makes it a lot more fun and interesting. I yeah, think, you have more cards to play off of. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's actually 68 overall, which has got to be one of the top rising games over the past year. I mean, not the top riser, I don't think, but it's up there. Well, you got to think, and it's going to continue to go up because by and large for the last year, it's been out of stock. Yeah, I mean, people cannot keep it in stock. So once this actually hits and people that want it can get it, it's going to be, I would say, I bet near the top 20 on BGG easy. Yeah, I would say so too. And there's an expansion that's going to be coming out. Uh, I don't remember when, maybe this year. I can't remember. I hope they maybe. make a lot more copies. Yeah, I do too. I do too. <laughs> this is going to keep, yeah, this is going to keep going up and up and up. Days yeah. of Wonder, I love to see that Days of Wonder has got a big hit on their hands again because yeah. I just really like their games. Yeah, that's cool. My number 47, Heat. My number 47 is set in a time period that no other games are set about, you know, that you don't see many games with this kind of theme. 
But in this time and space in, in history, medieval France. <laughs> <laughs> we actually literally just, just talked, talked about one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, are my, there, my zombies in this <laughs> there are not, but if so, that would be amazing. Like if the hunchback was a zombie, this is Ooh. Notre Dame, uh, specifically the 10th anniversary edition of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. The, the game originally came out in 07, the 10th anniversary came out in 2017, uh, designer Stefan Feld and uh, publisher is Aaliyah and Robinsberger. And this is this area majority card drafting game. Uh, it's basically blood rage in medieval Paris, I think is how, that's how I would describe it. You, you play. Oh man, that hurts my heart a lot. I enjoy this game, but to to say that (laughs) is going to lose you a spot on Meeple town. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm out. (laughs) And this note, you play as these heads of influential families. You're, You're competing for, for property and reputation. You know, you've got your own board, uh, that you've got your people on, like everybody's individual boards make up the main game board. And so your board is your borough and you're playing these action cards to move your carriage um, around town to gain certain benefits or, or you're placing certain influence markers that you have in certain spaces to, to gain things like money or victory points, and, or, or maybe you're placing them to gain more influence markers, uh, which is important because the power of the action that you take is based on how many influence markers you have in that area. And so, um, so, so this, it has some of that, you know, worker placement kind of, kind of tension and, uh, area majority. Can I get more people here to take more of this? But really the, the, the highlight of the game, the winner are the rats. You, you gotta <laughs> deal with the rats. This is the highlight for me, because if you're not paying attention, like each round, uh, oh, more yeah. rats will come into your burrow and the more rats that come into your burrow will cause you to lose points. And so you're constantly trying to fight off the rats and be a good, um, be a, not landlord, but you know what I mean? Be a good property owner. If I'm over this borough, I got to take care of my people. Um, so you lose points. If you don't, you might lose people too, but you lose the point and you got to have those to win. And so the, the, the really things I love about this game are the, the, the rats. Yes. The, the, the drafting of the cards at the beginning of the round, you know, and the, the, the hiring of people at the end of the round, you got these people that anybody can hire and just depending on what you've got, you can you can gain their benefits and gain their actions, and just that constant tension of of knowing what to do and when to do it, and how to keep those stinking rats at bay. Um, I love you dirty know. rats. <laughs> you say that all the time when you play this, don't you? Yeah, every time. Yeah, every time it's rat time. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan Feld, great designer, great game. How do you feel about Notre Dame? I like this one. I, yeah. If I remember right, I think this was may have been on John's list at some point too. Okay. He liked it a lot more than I did. I, it's I don't even think it's a top ten Stefan Feld game for me, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. He's one of my favorite designers too. So yeah, I remember you telling me how you hated the game Notre Dame, and I got it in spite of you, mm-hmm. and and I love it. It's yeah, it, it it grew on me. I didn't care for wow. it the first time or two that I played it, but then it grew on me a little bit. But this is another one that Cindy really likes. Um, she kind of keeps this coming to the table. So yeah, that's my number 47, Notre Dame, 10th anniversary edition. All right, my number 46 is a game that my wife enjoys too. We played this quite a bit when we first got it. We might even say that we were obsessed with it. Oh, wow. That is Obsession <laughs> by Dan Halligan, and also who also did the art. And this is by Kienta Games. In this game, you are the head of 
a family estate, mid-19th century Victorian England. If you have watched uh, Downton Abbey, then you know how to play this game, really. Uh, but it's It has elements of building up your service staff, like getting butlers and housekeepers and underbutlers and valets and maids and all that good stuff. And really what you're doing is you are you're hosting each round you're going to host a different social activity fox hunting tennis croquet something along along those lines and you take cards from your hand and you send them to those events so i might have a i don't know fox hunt with two family members or two of of you know male cards from this game and you send them out and you take their action as well as the action of the uh, of the event and usually that's giving you bonuses like prestige or money or lots of other things that it could be. Or usually actually it is just prestige and money or getting new cards. And then at the end of the different rounds, you are really trying to be the one that has the most of a certain type of event, uh, certain points of, of certain types of uh, tiles on your board. Those are going to give you points. They're also going to give you a bonus card that's really powerful for that round. At the end of the game, you're trying to be the person with the most points. Really cool game. This actually, I've, I've loved this game, love playing this game. I've got it all decked out. My uh, Chuck Con group, uh, Gateway Gaming Group, um, bought me a Obsession shirt, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think maybe I had COVID or there was a reason they did that. Maybe just to... I don't know, just to be good friends, but I like this game a lot. A lot, a lot. You played this one? Nope. You watched Downton <laughs> Abbey? Nope. <laughs> this game made me want to watch Downton Abbey, and so I watched all of Downton Abbey, including the movies, went to wow. the theater and saw the movie. Wow. You are a <laughs> Is that wow. wow in a good way? Good for you. you Bless know, your heart. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you found something you enjoy, my friend. <laughs> I have, I have oh, no response to this. I have no response. It's good. The game is really fun, even if you don't like the theme. Yeah. I think, although I do think this is a thematic game, I would call this a thematic game. I've and heard that, and I don't know if that sells me on it anymore. It might not, but no. you don't have to love the theme to enjoy the gameplay mechanisms yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a hard time separating myself. So. I get that. But, this one's yeah. ranked eighty-seven overall. Which, that's People pretty high. It people love yeah. it so yep. i'm glad so so far my <laughs> list is one that is that the people love i'm a very popular my games are very you popular are, that i'm picking you are the voice of the people i am z garcia <laughs> of meeple town voice of the people <laughs> all right 46 <laughs> obsession what you got fantastic my 46 uh very similar theme it's set in space and you are building up a civilization by drawing tiles from a bag this is Roll for the Galaxy, the, <laughs> the dice version of A Race for the Galaxy. This is a Tom Lehman, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, Wei Hua Huang game published by Rio Grande Games. And again, you're trying to build the best space empire by rolling lots and lots and lots of different colored dice in these really loud, different colored plastic cups. And uh, you're rolling those dice, you're trying to draw tiles out of the space bag and develop them and settle them and produce goods and ship goods. It's about as boring of a theme as you can think of, but there's something really excellent about it when you're rolling the dice and pulling tiles out of the bag in order to do it. I think my favorite part of this game is when once you've rolled your dice behind your player screen, um, 
there's five phases of the game that, that are kind of taken in order. And when you roll your dice, you have to assign those dice to the different phases that, that are behind your screen. And the only phases that are going to activate in that round are the phases that you and or your opponents assign dice to. If no one assigns any dice to that phase, then that action's not going to be taken. And so that mind game of what goes on, like, I really want to activate this, but I don't, I really need to activate this one myself. So I think so-and-so over there, you know, Dean may activate this one. So I'm going to plan on him doing that. And you're trying to read each other. There's even bluffing involved here. And there's so much interaction that can happen above the table, not just behind the screen. And then, so it's like, you know, simultaneous reveal. And there's the feeling of, oh, you didn't, you know, develop the this, this civilization. What are you doing? I needed that. <laughs> And so just that interaction that goes on, um, it's just, it's just so much fun. And so, you know, that, that kind of that follow the leader action, that tension that's there makes roll for the galaxy. And of course, this the really loud noise of rolling yeah. those dice. You can't play this one late at night if people are asleep in your house, <laughs> but, um, but there's something about all those elements together that make roll for the galaxy a whole lot of fun. Have you played the expansion stuff with this? I have not. I have the rivalry expansion, but I've not mm-hmm. played it. Yeah, both. I, I think Rivalry is the better of the two in my experience, but I do think that both are fantastic. Really, really like, um, yeah, really like this game quite a bit. It's It was on my list for a long time. So apparently honest, what you're I don't saying know. is I'm just late to the party by putting games on my list that you've already played and now you no longer find find cool anymore. So no, 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 no. I still love this is. game. I still love this game quite a bit. I can't imagine this one leaving my collection. I And honestly, I don't remember if this one's on my list or not. I'm not looking at it right now. Mm. So, yeah. We shall see. But yeah, that was my number 46. Roll for the galaxy. All right. Um, my number 30, 45. <laughs> not there yet is a newer game to me, not a new game overall. This one came out in 1999. It is a Reiner Knizia game, Ra. Woo-hoo. And Ra is an auctioning game where you are drawing tiles out of a bag, and at some point, somebody's going to say, boom, slam this big wooden honky piece on the table and say, I invoke Ra. And you're going to have an auction for those tiles that are out there, and they're going to give you points set collection a la... Sushi Go is actually probably the best comparison of wow. the set collection piece. Not the game itself, but the okay. but the way that the set collection works. It's easy to explain to new players by, hey, this kind of works like this type of sushi and Sushi Go. Um, yeah, so I, I really, uh, really, really like this one quite a bit and enough to make my top 50 and for modern art to not make it. Although that one again was very close behind mm. on any given day. I might rather play modern art, but on the day that I made this list, I chose <laughs> raw, which is ranked 161 overall. Yeah. I imagine I'm going to see this one on your list. That's my guess. Maybe we'll just have to wait and see. Um, we did talk about this, this one recently. I do. I do like me some, some Kinesia auction, bidding games big old chunky wooden pulling the tiles out of the bag i am a fan i am a fan all right my number 40 yep what did i say i lost my list sorry i'm having to tell somebody that's about to walk into my office to not walk into my office so uh, we're both dealing with problems outside of our room 45 (laughs) raw what's your 45 fantastic my number 45 is 
there, there's many versions of this game, uh, several versions of this game, big company, big productions, big Kickstarters. And this may be one of the most least liked versions of this game, by and large, I think, by the community. It's a Simon game. Mm-hmm. It involves dead people. Can you guess which one this is? It is a zombie game. <laughs> it is. Zombie side. I just don't know which one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which one do you think most people are Black kind of, Plague. Eh. No, I feel like most people love Black Plague. Oh, 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 uh, Night of the Living Dead, I think, for yeah, you. Night yeah, Night of the Living Dead. A Zombicide game. This is this is my number 45, designed by Raphael Guton, Jean-Baptiste Lulian, and Nicholas Rout. Guys, I'm sorry. I am. Uh, but the art's by Carl Kopinski as well, and this is published by uh, CMI. Cooperative game based on the classic George Romero movie. Um, but it's not like your typical cut them up, shoot them up kind of zombie game, which is why I think I like it. Those kind of games, they don't, they don't appeal to me as much, but this one's a little, um, a little more thinky, a little more strategic, a little, a little creepier than some of the other ones. Still a dice chucker. A lot of people don't, don't like it as much as some of the others because it's a little slower and that's fine. That's great. Um, but this is the one that really, really speaks to me. The love, how it sort of invokes that creepy dread of the movie, Night of the Living Dead. Have it, have you ever seen the 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 original Night of the Living Dead movie? I have not. No. It is again, I'm not a huge on zombie movies, but I like this one. This is the one where the zombies are slow, they're creepy, they used like uh chocolate sauce as blood, you know, and it's the whole uh they're coming to get you, Barbara. Like all those little things from the movie are in the game and you're playing through these different scenarios, through the scenes in the movie and of course, they can play out very differently in your game than they might in the film. There's even other scenarios like alternative. What if they did get to the truck? Mild spoiler if you haven't seen that 60-year-old movie before. But um, but yeah, and so you're going through these different scenarios. Your characters start off in black and white. Romero mode is what it calls it. And then eventually, if you accomplish certain goals, you can flip your character card over to a full color uh, character with more special abilities. And it's got all the, the cool components that a lot of the, the newer zombie games are coming with. The fully plastic player board that holds your cards and your tokens and trackers and, and all that. It is um, to just love how it makes you feel like you're in the movie. You're running around building barriers and rebuilding them as zombies are trying to knock through them. And you're trying to get to the truck and you're feeling overwhelmed by these slow, creeping, methodical moving zombies. It's so creepy. It's so good. <laughs> um, you've not seen the movie. Have you played this game? Uh, no, not this version of the game. It, it is intriguing to me. Honestly, I considered... I consider picking this one up, but it also seemed similar to Dead Panic, which, which I've is not played. the uh, the zombie version of Castle Panic. Mm. It ha- it seemed like it had some similar similarities where you're kind of hiding out in a cabin, fighting off the zombies, and then you're having to like get in a car and drive off. That's what you do in Dead Panic. Maybe so, Dead Panic was patterned after Night of the Living Dead, the movie. It could have been. So really, this is still the OG of that then. Well, nope, it's not. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate your your uh, heart for trying to trying to make that happen. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't I don't think that's the case. But I also think that I would probably enjoy the Zombicide game better. Castle Panic is a fun game. I've not played Dead Panic, but I don't I don't imagine it would be like an amazing game. But Zombicide is one of my favorites, so my guess is I'd probably enjoy this one. Your game, I think better. you would too. Yeah, I think you would. 
that is number 45 for me, Night of the Living Dead, a Zombicide game. All right, my number 44 is a game that was on my list last year, too. I was trying to see where it was. I actually think it may have been a little bit lower. Um, nope, I'm not seeing it on here. Yeah, well, nobody cares about that, what was on my list <laughs> last year, apparently. Number 44 is a game from... Uh, Final Frontier Games, designer Johnny Pat, Carl Van Ostrad, and Drake Villarreal. And uh, Villarreal? Vill- yep. <laughs> yep. Merchant's Cove. This one came out in 2021. And beautiful production. I know some people didn't care for this game, but a lot of people did, I, I think. Uh, it's a top 1,000 game. No, it's 858 overall. They've got an expansion coming out. But this is a a um a uh asymmetric game is that am i saying that right why is that not coming out of my mouth right i a, think so yeah, yeah. asymmetrical <laughs> it's an asymmetrical game yeah. where everybody has their own different faction that they're using but ultimately you are all merchants trying to sell your goods for the most money and so as these different adventures are coming into town the blue adventures like the blue items and the red ones like the red items they are they don't want to venture outside of their own uh, i don't know it's not really their race it is their color they like items that match i guess you know it's like you get a handbag that matches your shirt i guess that's kind of what it is like that's what they want they want matching items and so you are manipulating the different adventures that are coming to port but you're also um kind of manipulating by doing that you're manipulating the cost of the items that you're going to sell so if i can get a bunch of these red meeples these red adventurers in the large item section well and then i'm also creating a bunch of large red items then i'll get to sell those for a lot more money really cool idea some people don't like that manipulation part there is uh some frustrating pieces with that potentially but there's cards that you can use that will also allow you to have different rules based on some of the meeples that come out it's kind of hard to explain that because i'd have to go into all the details of that but just that's the gist of it but the way that i create my goods is very different than the way you create yours so i might be creating uh, i might be a dragon rancher that is creating these different things in in manipulating poop on my farm or (laughs) i might be which is one of the expansion ones um I might be, oh, I should be looking at pictures instead of doing this so I can figure out. I'm, I might be uh, Marty or Doc from Back to the Future, except not really those characters, mm-hmm. but traveling to different areas of the future to produce these different items. Or I might be, I don't know, creating armor or potions or whatever. So there's lots of cool different mechanisms for what you're doing to create the items, which is something that I really love. It's it's gives you elements of root that if you like mm. that asymmetric play in root, although it's it's a Euroe non non like confrontational game like root. So that's Merchant's Cove. I really like this one. It's also not a super heavy game, and so you can introduce this to a lot of people. It's my number forty four Merchant's Cove. That's neat. I'm looking forward to to playing that one. Beautiful uh, production. Point. I thought it was on my top fifty last year. Uh, but I'm not seeing it on there. It's possible it was higher up on my list. I'm not, I'm not sure. Gotcha. I do love me some Johnny pack and, um, I've heard lots of good things about this one. I love the, the asymmetric nature. 
Yeah, you, you said it's easy to teach, which is good because I'm sure part of the problem is when you are teaching is you've got to teach all the parts to everybody. So if, yeah, if that's simple to know, explain, then that can be good. Root is very difficult to teach. Right. Um, and it is, it's one of my favorite games, but that is such a barrier to entry. And so I would much rather play with people who know the game. And that's typically who I play with. Merchant's Cove, I can teach some of the basic mechanisms. And it's not difficult to teach your faction, mm. you know, what your faction is doing. So cool. that's good. Yep. Big hit for me, Merchant's Cove. It was a top 10 game of that year. So maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know if it was on my list last year, but regardless, gotcha. it's on there this year, number 44. Sweet. Well, my number 44 is another game that I feel like is easy to teach, but does come with its with a few challenges if you don't know all the cards, because how the cards interact um, can be tricky and can determine how you play and what you play. This is a 2022 game from Stonemeyer Games. Designed by the great Paolo Mori, but worked and tweaked and developed by Jamie Stegmeier. This is mm-hmm. Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. Not the original Libertalia, uh, which I think was a 2014 game. Um, I could be wrong on that. I thought I just had it. No, I don't see it. But Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. This is, you are pirates. Everyone's a pirate going on voyages to loot islands and bury treasure and ultimately trying to have the most gold in the end. And so everyone's got a hand of cards, the same uh, hand of cards, and you are simultaneously, you know, playing a card that has an initiative number at the top and uh, various abilities on the bottom. And so when everyone reveals their cards, they rank them in ascending order. And you look at the abilities on the bottom of the cards and you go from left to right, activating all the daytime abilities. And then you come back right to left. Uh, where everyone getting a loot token because there's these special loot tokens down at the bottom of the board that have special actions. And so you take loot tokens, some are good, some are bad, uh, from right to left, as well as activating any night abilities as you're going from right to left. Um, uh, or I guess dusk abilities, not night abilities. Because then uh, you'll you'll take those cards back and uh, you'll you'll activate night abilities and anchor abilities and things that are in your tableau later on in the game. And you keep these pirates in your ship. And eventually, once one voyage is over, you get rid of those pirates and you bring out a whole new crop and you go through again. And some of these abilities and tokens and things that you get from the cards uh, are super mean. <laughs> and so it almost kind of gives it a, a party game feel in a way. Like I said, it's easy to teach. I want to say the rule book is maybe three or four pages. Um, they do a really good job of streamlining some of that in, in this one. Uh, it's really clever. Uh, Like I said, it could be a little mean, but in a smart way, not like in a lazy way. Most party games that are mean are lazy and they drive me insane. I have no desire to play them. This is a rich, intelligent game that has a little bit of that party feel because it's easy to teach. You can backstab. I mean, you're bloody pirates. I mean, what else? Of course, it's (laughs) going to have a little bit of that backstabbing, you know? Um, But really clever. Like I said, the only thing that can be problematic is if you don't know the cards um, it's going to be a little harder to know what to play and how they may interact with what you've got coming on down the road. Um, so yeah. Oh, 2012 was when it was originally published. Uh, so, so this has whole new artwork. I kind of do miss the old artwork a little bit, uh, I do too. Which, which had more of a pirate to the Caribbean feel. Uh, not as big on the new art. It's great. I just prefer the other, but, but in this version, it's got some reworked abilities on the cards. You've got more cards that you can choose from, which really makes the game interesting because at the end of a voyage, you, whatever cards you didn't play, you can carry over into the next voyage. And so now, where maybe you once knew what everybody had, you don't now. 
unless you can really remember uh, what they've played and haven't played. And that just gets more and more difficult as the game goes on. It's got fantastic components. Uh, a reputation track that was added to this that just makes it so much more interesting. Ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. How do you feel about Liber- Liber- Libertalia? Fun game. Yeah, I really enjoy yeah. this one. Not on my list, but I have introduced this to students over the years that really enjoyed mm. this one too. I I really actually, I love the components and the, and the art in this game. I just wish it was a, like you said, I wish it was a pirate theme. Um, I mean, it still up. is technically, but... I don't want wind pirates. I want actual <laughs> pirates sailing in the ocean. And, and, you could and have even used the same art and all of that. I still just want straight up pirates. Yeah. But so one of the good things that came out of the art change is that it also allowed them to more easily clean up some of the more problematic thematic elements of the old mm. version with some of the the way that like some of the the slavery cards that were used or some of the women cards and some of the art. It just wasn't the most... Um, encouraging for humanity and what, what is good for all people. You know, some of the cards, yep. I feel like some of the art and some of the abilities. So I'm glad they cleaned that up. I do kind of miss some of the old art though. But, yeah. Oh, and one of the other things that's neat about this version is it's got a really good two player mode and a good solo mode. And so yep. if any of that sounds appealing to you, Libertalia winds of Gilcrest, my number 44 is a good pick. Great pick. All right, my number third. Goodness, I keep doing it. <laughs> you want to do the thirties? That's that's later, man. Forty-three. We got three more to go. My number forty-three is a game that is ranked twenty-two overall. So again, really high. Two thousand thirteen. So it's been out for ten years. That is Concordia by Matt Gertz. And in this game, you are uh, again kind of deck building um, and then taking actions with those cards that you have. At some point, you're going to pick up all your cards so that you can get money per the cards that you pick back up. And then you do the same thing over and over again. So you are exploring around a map and you're building buildings on the map. And as you're building out buildings, it's allowing you to gain uh, resources from those different places as you take that action. And you are, uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 is essentially what you are doing. It is a uh, kind of an action selection from those cards that you are playing I don't know what else to say about this one. This has been on my list as long as I can remember. A really popular game, great game. I don't love the size of the box. That's my biggest complaint of it, but I do love the game, so it's worth it. And I, there's now a solitaire version of this that came out. I've not picked up. I'm really interested in trying it, but I've played the app too, and the app is really well done if you like digital games, which you do not, but some people do. That is Concordia. This is trading in the Mediterranean, the board game, right? That's right. Exactly okay. what it is. Uh-huh. Okay. You played this one? I have not. I have not. Th- this is one of John's top games, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it was his okay. top game or top five okay. s- s- somewhere along the way. I don't think it's that high now. but Okay. I was like, no, I've not played it. Uh, I, I, The words I hear are elegance. Uh, yeah. So smooth. Deck building. I'll play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is cool, but it's one of those that doesn't sound very exciting when you play it. It is, it's a cool game. It's neat. It's well done. There is some player interaction with when you put your buildings out there too. Um, If I have a building in a spot and you want to build there, you can, but it's going to cost you more. So there's some of that stepping on toes a little bit, but it's also not a mean game. Yeah. No, I like that. And you see some of that kind of coming back in some games. This was 2013. Was this one of the first games that that sort of had that um, mechanism to it or, 
Of what mechanism? I'm sorry. Just just like where you're talking about, like you can build buildings there, but if there's something there, you have to pay more for it. Oh, like, I feel like, uh, my guess is like probably there? not, but okay. but I, I would have to really think about that. Okay. Again, I'm a rookie. I haven't played all the games that you, you don't have, know. Mr. You Dane. don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't. Why are you even doing a top 50? <laughs> uh, there's really no reason for me to be here. Uh, all my games are new. It's all new stuff. It's all chalk. Like my number 43 which is Cat in the Box, the Deluxe Edition, 2022. I do love me some trick-taking, you know. Uh, This was published by Bézier and uh, a lovely designer and art. And I won't won't even try to pronounce the name, but you know who you are and you did a great job, uh, both of you. This is a two to five player game, plays in 20 to 40 minutes. I mean, it really does. There's no reason for this to take longer than like 20, 30 minutes. A trick-taking game, and many of you have heard this, it's trick-taking where cards have no suits. So if you've played Rook or Hearts or Spades or any of those kind of things, there's no partners here. It's just you. You know, you have to follow suit. And if you can't, you play off. But there are no suits. You have to assign the suit when you play the card. And you will then place one of your colored tokens on the board showing what number and color have been played. And so eventually, you can imagine that it's going to get to the point where you are now unable to play a card because all the number cards you have in your hand All those have already been played on the board. And so when it gets to the point that you cannot play, a paradox happens Hmm. and the round ends. And then you start scoring and you're going to score one point for each trick you won. You're going to lose points uh, for each trick you won. If you're the one that caused the paradox and if you won the exact number of tricks that you predicted at the beginning of the round, you then score the, the largest grouping of your orthogonally adjacent tokens on the board. Uh, this is, again, one of my favorite trick takings. I just love how clever it is. The mind games that kind of ensue when you try to figure out what to play and when to play it. Um, there's just there's just so much fun that that happens here um, that it this kind of element can maybe sound like it's too much. And the first time I heard this game, I thought that sounds a little too Philly for just a trick taking game. And then I played it and I was in love. And then I actually taught you this game. Yep. Yeah, you had I like this one. Much? Okay. Yeah, this is a this is a great game. Great pick. I think that yeah, I'd have to think about it. Doing a top uh trick taking list, this could be up there. We need to do that. Yeah, I, I think this would be up there. Yeah. So and this well plays well at two players, you know, which is huge. Yeah. And the theme's uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Schrodinger's cat. Is it alive <laughs> or is it dead? I don't know. Let's see. It's kind of weird. And they're even coming out with a colossal edition of this. They had they were showing that off at Gen Con which is basically, it's got an expansion or two in it and bigger pieces. Including which, a giant cat. I got to tell you, I don't <laughs> care anything cat. about this version of the game. I don't care about cats. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just think what it does is fascinating. I would like <laughs> to have larger tokens, which that version does have. So that's nice. I just don't need a large cat. No. I like how small it is. The larger tokens just makes it easier to get them in and out of the box. Just dump them. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I should do. Yep. <laughs> but my 43, <laughs> Cat in the Box, Deluxe Edition. Very good pick. My number 42 is a 2019 release, which is ooh, doesn't have a ranking on here because this is the Deluxe Master Set of Snowdonia. I'd have to mm-hmm. look at what Snowdonia ranking is. This is a one to five player game where you are worker placing onto tiles and building up a railroad up the mountain. And along the way, you are clearing rubble which can give you some points. You are building tracks, which can give you some points. You are doing, uh, getting objective cards, which can 
give you some points. You can do lots of different things to give you points. And that's it. But uh, you all play place your workers out there and then you take all the actions in order and then keep doing that until the uh, until the railroad is complete. This is a um, a cool game. The base game is really cool in and of itself. But as you add these different modules, different cards for different actions, different um, uh, really anything that you can change in this game, uh, the, the different modules will allow you to do that. So much cool expansion stuff. They're even coming out with more goodness for this game. Can't wait to see that. Although I haven't even played everything in the main box and it's not even like even close. I haven't played hardly anything compared to what's in the box. Um, you have different engines that you can use in the game. There's tons of different engines, which changes the game. Yep. Like this one quite a bit. And um, it's been on my list for a while. I don't remember for how long, but I, really but probably since 2019. I never played the original version. I only played the Master, Deluxe Master Set mm. when I backed this. But great game. Snedonia Deluxe Master Set. This I'm guessing you haven't played this one. I have not. Is it an engine building game? Ooh, that's funny. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> You're not the only one that can do bad puns. Uh, you know, of, of all the games you've mentioned thus far um, that I've not played, this is the one that I'm probably most interested in playing. Mm, this, okay. This, this looks like fun. I would want to play the deluxe master set because I'm seeing yeah. some of the OG components here and whoo, that's rough. Well, yeah, as great as the deluxe master set components are <laughs> is it not any better the meeples aren't my favorite honestly they're okay. poorly drawn faces on meeple characters gotcha. yeah. other than that i guess it's, it's it, it is good gotcha. it is a good production it's just that is pretty bad they're not they're not the most beautiful faces gotcha okay could you for me uh, please pronounce the the peak that you are climbing up here <laughs> If you could do not. that for, for all the residents of Town, I think we would, we would all benefit from that. Pretty sure I looked this up on, <laughs> on a f- past episode of of this. Or maybe John and I did that when we were playing it the last time or something. I don't know, but I will not try. Yeah, good for you. It's a lot of letters. <laughs> it's something, yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That looks like a lot of fun. Good deal. Yep. That's Nodonia. What you got for your 42? My number 42 is um, another great... Great game. We've already had one from The Good Doctor on on your list thus far. This is, I think, my first appearance of The Good Doctor on the on this. It is it goes all the way back to 1995. It is a card game. It's auction. It's bluffing. It's hoity-toity to the max. This is High Society. From the I Good thought doctor. you were going to say hoity-toity. Which was, <laughs> now, I forgot yeah. that actually is. A, I think it's a Wolfgang Cromer yeah, game, yeah. Though, if I remember right. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, but this is the the a re, the, the newer edition of this with the art by Medusa Dollmaker. And the art is is beautiful, though I kind of think maybe they, they borrowed some um, likenesses of various stars at the time uh, from Hollywood. Because there is a lot of people, especially on the cover, that look very similar to... It's a lot of uh, movie stars during the mid nineties, but this is by this version is by Osprey games, uh, plays three to five players at really 20 minutes. That's it. Auction, bluffing card game. You are members of high society bidding on various items like vacations and jewelry and fashion. And you're trying to earn the most points. Um, and sometimes you even have to bid you're bidding on these things, but sometimes you have to bid on negative cards as well. And so uh, when you're bidding and you're putting your money cards down, you can't make change. And so you're always trying to, to navigate what cards to play and when to play them. 
the game itself, you don't know when it's going to end because there's four blue cards or bluish green teal cards in that deck of cards that you're flipping over to bid on. And when that fourth one comes out, they're all just shuffled up. You don't know. We had one game last 10 minutes because the like four cards were on top. And um, when that fourth one comes out, game ends and you start, you start your scoring. And of course, if you spend the most money, you are now too poor to be in high society. So you automatically <laughs> lose. And so the, just the above the table nature of this simple card game is exhilarating. I love this so much. It's one of my favorite card games of all time. Probably should be higher on my list and just might like next time we, we do this. I take this game with me everywhere. I know you're okay with this one. It's not one of your, it's not one of your favorites. Just got rid of it. Uh, actually, <laughs> oh, no. a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm out. Or about a, I am about a month or two ago. Uh, ah, mostly because of the people I play with. Sucked. Oh, I'm sorry. Just yeah. <laughs> no, they did. They did. They did not play this That's game well. Hated it. Yeah. So I was like, I doubt I'm going to get this played. So I just Man. I went ahead and dumped it. Although I I did kind of regret that one afterwards because I enjoyed my plays of this too. I don't think that's a bad pick. Yeah. I, I think it's great. I think it's a great pick. My number 42, <laughs> High Society. Uh, hoity-toity was Klaus Teuber, <laughs> by the way. Not okay. Kramer. Ah, good old yeah, Klaus. And I knew that, I, but I, I was like, that didn't sound right. So Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, my number 41 and the last one of the day is a in-your-face game that it came out in 1982 originally by Julian Cortland Smith. This is Survive Escape from Atlantis. Talked about this a lot over the years on the show, even the space version of this, Space Attack, and um, which was uh, a release that came out in hmm, uh, 2015. This one came, yeah, two, uh, 2015 is when the Survive Space Attack game came out. Um, survive, what you were trying to do is escape an island, that is, escape Atlantis, that is sinking into the abyss. And it is a whatever I can do to save myself and destroy other people type of game. You really do have to play with the right people. Even if, I don't know, I really never care whether or not I win. In fact, I'd rarely care about the value of the meeples. This one is you're trying to save the most valuable meeples, which is, you know, thematically poor judgment. But if you play in a way where you don't care about everyone's value, you're just trying to save as many people as you can and destroy as many meeples as, uh, of the other players that you can. It becomes mm-hmm. a very fun experience. And even if you don't, however you play this game, it's a fantastic experience with the right players. Had this one for years, have played it for years and years, introduced it to tons of people. And most of the time, people really enjoy this game. But I've also not got this to the table recently. My Mancation game group is coming up in a week. And uh, two weeks. And so I'm hoping to get it played then. It's been a while since we've played it there. We used to play it multiple times every year, but it's been a minute. Hmm. You played this one? I, I have not. I've seen this like pop up every now and then, like in an ad somewhere. Maybe it's on Amazon or something, but uh, I have not played it. I'm looking at this. 1982. One of the publishers is Parker Brothers <laughs> and, and then Stronghold. And this is overall 320 on BGG. Yeah, that's pretty impressive for a Parker Brothers game. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. it was. I don't know what they did to change things on it. I think most of it stayed about mm-hmm. the same, and then the Ingolstein family got in hold of it and did the space version of it, which is it doesn't actually that's change right. it up a ton, but you're actually shooting from 
these alien blasters and kind of flying mm-hmm. around in your spaceship, that sort of thing. So yeah. it, it has the same feel of it with some different, and I actually have that one too. They sent us a review copy of that years ago. Gotcha. When it first came out or yeah. not when it first came out, but anyway, we talked about it on the show then cool experience. Both of them. I like it. You, you need to get this one into the table. You need to play with the full player count, which means uh, it says two to four, I think, but you mm-hmm. get the expansion. You can play up to six players on this one. I think okay, yeah, I saw that. the more the merrier is how I feel about this one. Cool. Yeah. No, I love the tagline on this on BGG sharks, whales, and sea monsters. Oh my. Yep. So that no, yeah. looks fun. And then you can, you can add in the, the giant squid too, <laughs> and you can get dolphins to help you out. It's, it's so cool. I actually wish they would cool. do more stuff with this even though i doubt they will since it's been so long but yeah cool game survive uh escape from atlantis or even space attack is my number 42 one 41 41. oh that was the last one your last one what you got my last one number 41 is it's a game we've already talked about um well not today but i talked about it was one of those games that got me into the hobby uh this was a game that was recommended to me by you back in the day um have a lot of affinity for this one it's done by one of my one of my favorite designers good old wolfgang varsh uh taverns of tiefenthal oh yeah i just talked about that this episode picking up you did mention it you did mention it yep 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 um good old good old wolfgang um art by dennis lohausen uh it's a schmidt spiel and north star game two to four players plays in about an hour deck building dice worker placement where you're trying to have the most successful tavern by, by upgrading your bar, by, by getting better servers and, you know, trying to lure better guests into your bar. Um, I just love everything about this game from the, the player boards with the little flaps that you're flipping over as you upgrade certain bits, trying to decide, you know, where to, depending on what cards come out, trying to decide where to invest your time and money into getting guests, into getting more tables, into getting servers or um, getting better beer mongers, you know, uh, all those upgrading the bar itself, and and that's just the the base game. I just love all of that, all the way up to the um, the coasters that you're passing from one player to the next as you're drafting dice. You put all the dice that you roll on the coaster. You take one and you pass the others, and that's sort of how it works. It's silly, but it, it's cool. There's something just thematic and cozy and warm about it. I think for the art, the components, the box itself, all of it is just such a, an inviting cozy warm game and the gameplay just feels comfortable and fun and it's got all these different modules that you can throw in to to adjust the complexity and some people say well throw it all in or it's not fun i have fun with the base game Uh, i'm not even sure if i've even played with all the modules yet we just kind of trickle them in every now and then whenever we play it's a lot of fun there's something really i know i talked about this in the first episode that i was on 132 but there's something about this and not just because of, of german you know heritage and all that there's and there's some sentimental value. Maybe it's because it was early mm-hmm. on in playing the hobby. Maybe it's the German connection, but there is something just, there's not a warmer, cozier game in my collection. I feel like than taverns of Tiefenthal. It's so much fun. I get that. I get that. In fact, it's, I know you don't play digital games, but this is just released on Yucata. And so I've been playing that, uh, asynchronously. I've got like three games of it going on right now. Mm. And I'm reminded of how much I enjoy this game. Yeah. I don't think my wife ever played this one with me, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get her to play this soon because I've really yeah. been wanting to play this one a lot. 
Yeah, that's cool. This is one that, that my wife likes and my girls as well. This is one that when I taught them, they they enjoyed it. So if I can ever get them into a game, this is one that they'll that they'll play with me. It's good. Yeah, that's that is uh Freudenthal playing Tiefenthal. <laughs> that's right. My number forty one from twenty nineteen, the Taverns of Tiefenthal. All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode and for the first 10 of our top 50 games. Looking forward to next week where we get to the 40 through 31 and eventually down to the top 10. Here's the thing, Darren. I I threw it out there to John. I don't even think I told you this. I said, John, join us for the top 10. Oh, that'd be cool. I don't think he's going to do it. But Loser, Johnny Meepletown. May his memory be a blessing. But if people start hammering him on the Discord channel and saying, look, John, yeah. you got to get on there. Otherwise, we're going to stop listening to Meepletown. <laughs> Actually, please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't make those kinds of threats. Tell him how much you want him to come yeah. on here. Uh, I think that would be fun to, to do be. a big a big shindig of our, our top 10. Great. Yep. And I'm looking forward to just the conversation that will ensue after this and each episode. Uh, on Discord and the Guild, and just hearing people talk about the the various games that that we've played and then that they've played and how they feel about this. But yeah, yep. Johnny Meeple Town, um, all hell would be a, a great blessing <laughs> as well. So let us know what you think about our picks, um, what you agree with, what you don't agree with, what your fifty through forty one are. We want to hear all of that. Uh, comment on the YouTube video. Send us messages, reach out to us on Discord. We'll have some conversation about our list on there. So definitely connect with us and in the guild. And that's uh, Guild 3407. Very good. And all the social media at Ad Meeple Town Games. Until next time, thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Darren, a little spoiler I'm looking forward to. I don't want you to respond to this. Or I want you to respond. I just don't want you to tell me. Let's say the why am I here? <laughs> if if Disney Lorcana is not a top five game for you, I quit Meeple Town. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be really weird doing this by myself. <laughs> <laughs>